It's the bottom line on News Radio 610, KONA. From the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610K on AO Tower number two on your Tuesday afternoon. Our phone number is 547 I'm going to put that on hold for just a few minutes as we welcome into the program Tracy Beans, who is the editor of Uncovered DC. Tracy's an investigative journalist and editor in chief at Uncovered DC, who has been, well, diving for the truth, exposing uh, different corruption levels in government. Tracy, we appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. Glad to be here, and thanks for thank God for radio because otherwise no one would get any information anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we try, <laughs> we try. So Tracy, this what, what we have seen over the course of the last week, uh, and it's been exactly a week since election day, uh, has been nothing short of mystifying on so many levels. I mean, between the vote counts, between what we're seeing in states like Arizona, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Um, Michigan, Wisconsin, and then what we've seen as far as the trends go. What to you in in all of this has really stood out the most as being the biggest rotten fish in Denmark? You know, there's there's a bunch, but the two that stick out to me the most are the state of Pennsylvania and the state of Michigan, um, mainly because of the physical altercation and the physical efforts to block uh, watchers from doing what they need to do to be able to ensure an, you know, integrity and an election integrity of ballots. It's been something to see, you know, the, the, the straight out, um, ignoring of court orders that allow people to come in buildings and, 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 you know, cardboard going up on windows and physical, almost physical assault in Michigan at some point. Um, you know, giving uh, poll watchers in Michigan that are Republican very big 12 by 4 cards, whereas or ID cards, whereas the, the, the Democrat ones have little dots on their shoulders. Just really, really, really horrible stuff. Pennsylvania, the most egregious. Michigan after that. And Nevada is starting to creep up there, too, guys. I got to be honest. You know, and this is the one thing about I mean, I, I'm I'm a. Pennsylvania native, grew up outside of Philadelphia. I am familiar with the, with the corruption machine that is Philadelphia politics and have been for a long time. I mean, this is the same town that in 2012 had 105 percent of, of a district vote and had another district where 100 percent of the votes went for former President Obama. How does something like this continue to happen year in and year out or election in and election out? In a city like Philadelphia, where you have this widespread corruption, this rampant corruption, the voter intimidation that happened with the Black Panthers as well a few years back, how is this never, never dealt with? Because nobody ever has the guts to fight it the way they need to fight it. And it always ends up that somebody doesn't have the money or that they're pressured by their party to concede or they're given, you know, um, other other jobs or there's some sort of a sway in there to get them to just give up the ball and go home. And I think that that's why it's been allowed to, to, to go this far. And then once we, you know, once people that are interested in election integrity have some power in government, they don't do anything about it. So this is this is why we're at this place right now. 
We're talking with Tracy Beans, who is the editor of Uncovered DC. She's an investigative journalist, is also a podcast host, and uh, has her own Twitter page with about two and a quarter, uh, two hundred twenty-five thousand followers. I miss Beans. You know, Twitter oh. unleashed me. I'm at almost two eighty now in the past. Oh, they did. So you got a bump. Nice. Yeah, I got a nice bump. <laughs> Well, Miss Beans, I'm curious because all we hear from one side of the equation is that th- this corruption claim is is unfounded. There's there's no evidence of anything, and even if there is, it's so small, and it really won't change the outcome of the election. Even if we bothered to look at that, how do you respond to uh, to people that come at this situation with that mindset? Well, there's a couple of different ways. You know, at first there was no evidence of it at all, right? And then they moved the goalpost to be, you know, there's no proof of the evidence. And then they moved it to be the evidence won't affect the outcome. So they're moving these goalposts along as we get further and further through this. But evidence and proof are two different things, right? Evidence is signed affidavits from witnesses who have witnessed this. If you had, God forbid, a car accident and the driver of car A hits the driver of car B, and there are 60 people standing on the street that testify that that's what happened. And then the insurance company and the driver of the car at fault comes out and says, that's not true, that never happened, these people are all lying. What do you think the judge is going to do in a case like that? They're not going to listen to the insurance company and the driver. They're going to listen to the 60 eyewitnesses who swear under penalty of perjury what they saw. You know, same thing with the murder. If somebody witnesses a murder, they're not, they're, that carries some weight in a court of law, does it not? So they're, they're, conf- they're purposefully, you know, conflating these things. And not only that, it's hard to have proof beyond a reasonable doubt in your hands when you're barred from observing to obtain it. So let me ask you this. With what we have with the—let's take the situation in Pennsylvania with the USPS worker where he came out and said that he was being told to backdate. Then we have the reports that he was interviewed by the federal government, and they uh, he all of a sudden recants what he was said. Now we have the story that there's videos out there that he was being coerced to recant. What do you make of this situation? And the only reason why I ask that is because Pennsylvania is not the only one where we have heard about a USPS worker that's talked about being told to do some nasty things with ballots. You see, I haven't seen that today anywhere, so that's news to me. I don't know. I don't. I've not seen that reporting, so I can't really. I don't even want to comment on it because I haven't even gotten to look at it myself. But I know he's facing a lot of retaliation from the USPS for what he did. Um, he was placed on on leave with no pay. That I know as of today, anyway. Um, but th- there's there's more than that. I mean, it's not just that. The Pennsylvania lawsuit filed by the Trump campaign yesterday is 105 pages long, and there are you know, two dozen examples of, of fraud, including something that's not in dispute at all, in that the Secretary of State sent out guidance to all of the precincts to ignore signature abnormalities and lack of a signature on these mail-in ballots, which is the only fail-safe that's included on these ballots, and was in the statute that was passed. She literally told people to ignore that when they're going through the vote, and then they wouldn't let anybody witness the votes being counted. So that's that's documented. That's an email she sent out. People have it. It's been produced. You can't just keep ignoring all of these things as though they're not happening or, you know, take them piecemeal and, and try and discredit them just because it suits your ends. Every Who knows how many of those votes might be swayed the opposite direction? 
I don't think that anybody's arguing that we, we only care about it if it's in favor of one candidate. I think we're arguing we want an election with integrity. You know, it's interesting. We're talking with Tracy Beans, the editor of Uncovered DC, investigative journalist and editor in chief with Uncovered DC. Um, it's interesting, Tracy, because we we seem to hear a lot about um, you know voter fraud. We've heard about foreign manipulation in the last election, but when it all boils down to it, do we really see a desire other than by you, me, Ed? People who actually vote, who who want to have an election with integrity, or I, I mean, is this just something the politicians are using again as fodder to chum the water on both sides? When when do they really want a fair election, or is it us that want the fair election? Well, actually, two things. I want to address the first thing you said about foreign interference in the last election, right? So that foreign interference was allegedly some Facebook ads that were purchased and didn't change any vote as per the special counsel investigation, right? So that was a propaganda-based campaign. If you can stand there with a straight face and argue that the legacy media, the pollsters, et cetera, haven't engaged in that this cycle 30,000-fold, I would, I would, I mean, I'd probably drop to the floor because it has been even worse than anything any foreign government ever could have done to the American people. Secondly, I think that you know, everybody cares about this. As a matter of fact, I've been to several events over the past week and a half where there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who have taken off of work to stand outside of their state capitol, their county board of elections, and protest for the right thing here. And as a matter of fact, on Saturday, I'm headed into D.C., where there's going to be tens of thousands of people doing that very thing. So people care. You know, look at the ratings drop at Fox. That's all you need to do to know how much people care. <laughs> but like we said, you know, if if there are people that that care out there, give us your best prognostication where this ends up. Is this going to be a situation where it makes some news for a few days and then kind of fizzles away? Are we looking at, you know, real uh, change to the election process in states and across the, the country? Are we looking at possibly a reversal of the of the presidential vote where in that spectrum do you think we'll ultimately land on this i do honestly i i really do feel that there is a very 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 good chance that the candidate that the media has declared as president-elect will be you know going back into his basement by the end of um a couple weeks from now because these court challenges are very strong and very serious In addition, A.G. Barr put out guidance yesterday for the Department of Justice to begin investigating some of these claims that are substantiated that have the ability to affect the outcome of a state. And he indicated in his letter that they're already doing a few of those investigations even before this guidance was put out and that they wouldn't be doing them if they didn't feel they could sway the outcome of a state. So we've got that as well, which lends some credence to why Mitch McConnell has come out today in support of President Trump a lot stronger than we've heard him. And I really do believe, you know, at the end of the day, we've got an entire country now almost entirely of Republican state legislatures. And if they do not pick up the ball to start election reform in their states immediately, it will be a travesty because the judicial rule and change of election law in this country is what has gotten us to this point. The lawsuits filed and the, you know, the statutes created by the judicial branch are really why we're sitting here. It's, it's illegal, it's unconstitutional, and it needs to be fixed. And hopefully, 
hopefully, this Supreme Court decision in the Pennsylvania case will set the precedent needed to make that happen. We're talking with investigative journalist and editor-in-chief at Uncovered DC, Tracy Beans, here on The Bottom Line. Uh, Tracy, thanks for your time. We appreciate you joining us. Final question for you. Um, Do you think, this is certainly going to be nothing but opinion, do you think that any of these lawsuits, we have seen some of them already attempt to be thrown out in states like Michigan, um, do you think any of these lawsuits reach the Supreme Court and do you believe that the court will have an impact on this election as it did in the Gore-Bush election in 2000? I think there is no doubt that that's going to happen. And even if it's only the one that's in front of them now, it's very wide-reaching and it encompasses many states. Even though it's, it's coming from PA, the implications of the one lawsuit sitting in front of the court right now could absolutely decide the outcome of this election. So let's see what happens in the coming days. And um, thanks, guys, for having me on today. Hey, Tracy, if anybody wants to follow you on Twitter, get more information uh, regarding you, what's your Twitter page? It's uh, Tracy Beans with a Z at the end of Beans. And you can go to UncoverDC.com for all of our reporting on this stuff. All right, Tracy, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it. Best of luck to you. Thanks. Have a good night. All right. You as well. Tracy Beans. Editor-in-Chief, undercover reporter with Un- Uncover DC, an investigative journalist, editor-in-chief at Uncover DC. We come back, digest a few, and then we'll talk with Senator Doug Erickson from the 43rd about his new piece of legislation he's going to propose. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Bottom Line, News Radio 610 KONA. It's Tuesday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number if you would like to get involved. Tell you, there's going to be a lot going on for the next few days. We uh, we certainly are going to have uh, some counts coming up in our own elections, Ed. Um, I know that uh, Franklin County is expected to do a count tonight, and I'm looking to see if Benton County has done one as well. Um, see if we can get official numbers. Benton County has done a count. They just released at 4 o'clock today. 200 ballots left on hand. 102,405 total ballots counted. 81.1% Very good. in Benton County. Um, I don't think that any of the races have been affected uh, in Benton County. Most of them were significant differences. Mm-hmm. Um, that we talked last week that we called the number of the races in Benton County. Um, so it will be very interesting to see in Franklin County because they they said they had about 500 votes left there. I'm going to take a look real quick and see because sometimes while they say it may come out at 6 o'clock, uh, it has come earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Franklin County, they've done the count earlier. So we're going to take a look real quick and see if um, their election results have dropped in Franklin County. And there were a couple of close races in Franklin oh, yeah. County, um, certainly, um, that could be affected. Now, again, if if a county reports having X amount of ballots on hand, 
that's just the ones that are, you know, ready to go, ready to be counted, but not yet counted. That doesn't mean that's necessarily how many are left to count, because, um, again, with the mail-in ballots, so long as the postmark is by Election Day, right. they'll get counted. Now, you would think, even with all the problems with the U.S. Postal Service, that you wouldn't be getting ballots that would qualify at this point a week later. Could be wrong. Don't know. But... The chances are pretty slim. Yeah, they are. They are really slim that you would be getting anything in today, yesterday. Well, you can get them in, but I don't know that they'll be, they'll be postmarked. Right, they would be postmarked. And, and look, one of the reasons why you don't hear a lot of talk about Washington State is because we know what way it generally tends to lean. Well, for crying out loud, as soon as the polls closed. Everyone was calling Washington, Oregon, California. Oh, yeah. For Biden. I mean, literally, it was like two minutes after you, eight. You've got some close races locally, but not, um, you know, nothing outside, outrageous. So Franklin has not done an update yet. It's expected. They say it's going to be six o'clock tonight. Um, you know, the closest race there is the Franklin County Commissioner race. Uh, District 1 between Brad Peck and Kim Lehrman and the writing candidate. Uh, but there's 500 outstanding votes, and Commissioner Peck has, I believe, a 1,500-vote lead there at least. So uh, I don't think it's going to do much to swing in that regard. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Bernie from Kennewick. What's up, Bernie? Um, sort of related to all of the uh, vote count, has there ever been a president that you know of that was actually recalled? By the people? Well, you, you, presidents don't get recalled. They get impeached, and there have been three. Oh, okay. But they haven't been removed from office. Hmm. Except the one that quit um, uh, back in the... Right after Kennedy, I can't remember. Yeah, Nixon Nixon resigned and before impeachment came to pass. But he would have Nixon would have been impeached and would have been removed from office via impeachment had he not resigned. But the three presidents that had been impeached uh, were Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump, and none none of the three were impeached or were removed from office right. uh, based on the impeachment. So appreciate the call, Bernie. Yeah, so that's look. We're gonna we're gonna get results in not a whole lot more uh, at the at the local and state level. Uh, this this whole thing nationally is gonna play itself out. Um, I, you and I were talking off air, Rob. What I find fascinating is that if you look at uh, the president's tweets, and how can you not? He tweets all the time, but. He has been tweeting a lot that he is going to win, that he is, you know, that, you know, and sometimes he changes the wording that, you know, once they count all the, uh, you know, the the legal uh, ballots, then he wins easily. But the message has always been he's going to win. Now, is that a an issue of confidence or overconfidence or like some other things that he has stated and was brushed aside in the past as being crazy talk come out to be true that maybe he knows something we don't i don't know but he is he is awfully confident that he is going to win now obviously you want a president to say those things but man it just seems like he really believes it 
Back with more of The Bottom Line after this. The Bottom Line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610, the number if you would like to get involved in the program. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri-Cities. They've been serving this community for decades, generations, in fact. Locally owned and operated. They've been keeping vehicles on the road around here for a very, very long time. Visit their website, perfectiontire.com, to find out all the services they provide. But I can tell you they do a lot more than just tires. They keep your car going. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri-Cities waiting for you. Uh, again, five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved, waiting uh, to hear from Senator Doug Erickson to talk about his proposed legislation, um, and you know, really, it does cover covers everything. Really, it, it, it really and truly does. Um, it's not an imposition on those that can't make it to the polling place. It gives people that want to vote in person the ability to do so and feel secure about voting. Um, you know, at the polling place. It also provides for a government-issued photo ID, government-issued, so that means that it's on the responsibility of the state to provide that ID, not you to buy one, so it's provided. Um, Two weeks prior to an election, you can have an opportunity to begin voting in person. All kinds of good stuff in there. You're up at the bottom line. News Radio 610 K. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Mark. I'm calling from Kennewick. What's up, Mark? Yeah, well, you know, there's some talk about uh, illegal votes and uh, or fraudulent voting. And so, you know, I went and voted in the KID uh, election, and I had to show my driver's license. And, you know, I, I wasn't... Uh, Opposed to that, I was actually happy. You know, they they knew for a fact who I was, and uh, checked the register to make sure that I was allowed to vote. And uh, of course, that wasn't by mail; that was in person. But I got a question. So, if there's one illegal vote and it counteracts your vote, how does that make you feel? Oh, the- horribly. Yeah, well, what's the true number? We don't know what that true number is, but one vote that counteracts your vote, if it was illegal or fraudulent, okay, then guess what? I don't think you're represented. Uh, so I think we definitely, uh, you know, need to make a move to, to fix this. I don't know what the answers are, but anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks for the call. And, and you know, some of the answers to this are in what we're going over in Senator Erickson's proposed bill. Now, we know that there's a House bill that's going to be proposed, that's going to deal with the ballot itself and security of mail-in ballots that would add a watermark or something along those lines to it. Um, But voter machines, according to this legislation, would have to create a duplicate paper trail so that each ballot could be examined individually in the event of a recount. Absentee ballots would have to be received by election day, with the exception of military and overseas ballots. Voter registration deadlines two weeks before the election so that officials can check qualifications. 
ballot harvesting, which we know happens, would become a Class C felony, preventing third parties from collecting ballots from voters and tampering with them before delivery to officials. General Election Day would be a state holiday in Washington State. And school levy elections and non-emergency bond measures would appear on the primary or general election ballot rather than in low-turnout special elections. We got an email from Mark from Umatilla. Mark writes us and says, As with many lies Trump tells, he thinks the more times he tells the lie, it eventually will become true. Just like one of his first lies that three million illegal votes all went to Hillary in 2016. Pence didn't find those, and I didn't, and I don't think Trump is going to find votes to win this election. Mark, appreciate the email. Um, I think there's some confusion in 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 that. It's not that he is looking to find votes. He's not looking to find votes. No, it's it's, it's to weed out the illegal ones. Yes, it is looking to remove the votes that have been cast illegally, and again, even if the ones are for him, absolutely, it's illegal votes. Period. I mean. There are things that defy logic, and and if you, again, we said this yesterday, you choose to not acknowledge, that's fine. You can choose to not acknowledge, but you can't choose to say that the Russian government interfered in the 2016 election and refuse to acknowledge that 98,000 ballots that only are marked for the presidential campaign and no other race isn't screwy that's 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 not jiving with the same logic sense here's the thing that i'm going to be looking for not only at the state level uh you know whether it's senator erickson's bill or the house bill or however or any other states or even any kind of federal mandate if i want to be looking for who is a, is for this? Who wants cleaner elections? Even if you can never get a completely clean election, if you can get cleaner by putting some, you know, things in place that would uh, take care of things that may or may not have happened this time around, and those that are opposing it, because those that are opposing it are going to come across, rightly or wrongly, as only caring about the integrity of elect of an election when your person loses. And so long as your person wins, we don't have to worry about that. Now, I would like to think that most people would want a good and fair election and let the chips fall where they may. There will be plenty of people who will fight that tooth and nail. And I want people to be on alert and look for, again, at the state level, who opposes this? Who doesn't want fair elections? Who doesn't want which states are going to fight, you know, increased voter integrity of elections and and which will, you know, move forward with them? Because if you don't if you only want a fair election when if you're only calling for a, for a voter um you know, provisions to make the election fair when your candidate loses or it has the potential of losing and you don't care about it when your candidate wins, you're part of the problem. There's something also interesting. Tell me if you find this this odd. I find a lot of things odd. Well, 
And this this is straight out of the tinfoil hat realm. I'll be the first. Oh, to good. Admit. That's why you're turning to me, of course. Well, no, 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 no. Just 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 throw the. T- <laughs> we heard Kathy Lofi say earlier today, cases are going in the wrong direction. We may have to take a step backwards that would hurt our economy. Mm-hmm. Health officials in Philadelphia are saying a complete lockdown is on the table. Hmm. So a week after the election, yeah, the noise is getting louder. Yeah, it's not getting quieter. The noise is getting louder. We went from election night where people all of a sudden forgot about COVID and, and masks and were hugging Joe Biden and, and, and hugging away and all this wonderful celebration to now a week later. Oh, my God, we're spiraling out of control again. But the noise about the election is getting louder. We're just going to have to lock people down and prevent you from leaving your house. We're going to have to lock. We're going to have to go backwards. We're going to have to take everything in reverse as the noise gets louder. In In all fairness, I will defend the health officials locally and at the state level and probably in other states too they weren't the ones saying that all of a sudden covid isn't a big deal oh post no election. i get that it's it's the it's it's everybody else it's all the regular folks that you know were you know they were the first to get in your face that you weren't wearing a mask but then go out and celebrate an apparent victory by joe biden Wearing a mask, but certainly not social distancing. It's those people, those hypocrites, who are doing that. I don't think it. I. I don't think there's anything nefarious going on with the health. De- Look, no, I'm, we, not, I'm not saying specifically. I'm I just know. saying this messaging the, the, that's coming the perception, out. Yes. yes, the perception. Because if you look at it, the national news, and you know, we know that they're not exactly on the up and up. For a few days there, there was no mention of COVID. But these at were, all. These were but also, now we're starting to see it a little bit, and the timing is interesting. Well, You're sure, right. But these are also the same people that told us that all the protests after George Floyd weren't spreading COVID-19, and we were expected to believe them that going to a Trump rally is going to give you COVID, but walking down the street in a George Floyd rally, humped up together with a bunch of other people, not wearing masks and social distancing, you're going to be immune from it? Well, they were mostly peaceful. Well, I, I didn't say anything about peaceful or not. I mean, you were mostly not going to get COVID in in that particular instance versus definitely going to get COVID if you were at a Trump rally. I mean, it's those kind You're of right. things. The, the messaging and a lot of the noise that you see on social media, it, I just wanted to clarify that that's not coming from... I'm not saying it's coming from, from the officials. I, I, I'm not saying it's coming from the... I just find it interesting, the timing and everything, that... All of a sudden, now we're hearing more COVID as the noise about the election's getting louder, and now we're getting more threats again. Oh, we're going to go backwards. Eh, whatever at this point in time. <laughs> Seriously. You know, you, you all just whatever, need, huh? you, you, I mean, really, they all just need to stop. Let it run its course. If it's going to happen, I mean, look, I've been out with a fishing pole trying to catch COVID, and I can't I can't even hook it. So, I mean. Well, maybe I, you're I, using the wrong bait. I, maybe I am. I just figured that being a human being was bait, but I guess not. Back with more of the bottom line after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. I want to welcome to the program representing the 42nd Legislative District, Senator Doug Erickson. Senator, appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. 
Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So uh, we want to chat with you a little bit about the legislation that you are proposing in the coming session to improve election security. And honestly, Senators, we read, read, read through it on the air. You've got every base covered that it seems like people have been asking for for the last few years. Yeah, you know what people really want is voter integrity, integrity, right? And so they want to know when they go to the ballots, when they go to the polls, they cast their ballots, this is what they're going to get. And um, I think in the bill I pro- I'm, I'm proposing, it gives everybody everything they want. It says if you want to vote by mail, you can do that. you got to request it every year and show who you are. But uh, we go back to poll voting, and we all say voter ID, and we know on election night who actually wins the elections. You know, one of the things, of course, that comes to my mind right off the bat is this is a good piece of legislation, which means it's certainly going to have a lot of opposition on the other side of the aisle. Um, one of my questions to to the other side of the aisle would be, if you do claim to be in favor of election security, why would you oppose something that would only increase the ability to have a fair and true election in the state? Yeah. One of the things I hear from the Democrats all the time on this kind of legislation is that, well, it's not fair because some people can't have photo ID to go to the polls. All right. And so my legislation specifically says that if you can't afford to get a driver's license, you can't afford to have ID. If you can show you're a citizen, we will give you a voter ID card free of charge, which would be a great thing to have for people in general to show who you are. Um, What's really interesting is when Democrats try to say that people who are Hispanic or who are African-American aren't able to get an ID. To me, that's very racist Um, when Democrats make that case. um, That's very frustrating to me because most of the people I know or all the people I know who are Hispanic and my friends who are black, they have ID. So that's a troubling factor. We try to work our way through on this type of legislation. But at the end of the day, we need to have voter integrity. Oh, absolutely, without question. We're talking with Senator Doug Erickson from the 42nd Legislative District here on the bottom line. Senator Erickson, uh, you know, we, we've had, uh, even before vote by mail, the, the ability for absentee ballots, and other states uh, obviously have that, uh, but it usually was pretty small. When Washington went to all vote by mail, uh, then everybody knew it was all vote by mail. My question is, with the, with the uh, proposal that you put forth, where there are many different options, is that going to put any extra strain on county auditors that are that aren't sure exactly, you know, how much resources they need to put in each of these buckets that you're proposing? You know, absolutely not. And actually, it'll be a cost saver for the counties throughout Washington state because they're going to know what they have to do. You don't have to send out all the ballots. Uh, and by the way, the state of Washington pays for most of this stuff already. So when we have the state elections, or we're going to pay for it. And one of the other components of my legislation is it says that if you're going to have a school levy or a bond measure, that has to be in November. And so that's going to save the taxpayers of Washington State money right there because you're not going to be going to vote in February, March, April, June about different special levies uh, at the same time. But, but the key component is we need to have integrity in our elections, and we need to know, you know, preferably on election night or maybe the next day, not three weeks later, who actually won elections. We're talking with Senator Doug Erickson from the 42nd District here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA, and I'm glad you alluded to that 
just just a touch, Senator Erickson. I think it's probably the most understated part of this legislation is taking the school levies and the non-emergency bond measures and putting them on primary or general election ballots instead of uh, creating a special election for them. You'll get more turnout. You'll get more people that'll see it. And you actually may wind up having a different impact on these where more people are going to look for information. Yep, and you save money at the same time. So it's a cost saver. Uh, people get to vote on these things at the same time. And the other thing I include in my legislation, which I've gotten some grief from some people on, but I say, you know what? Um, the Tuesday that we vote in November should be a state holiday. And everybody should have the ability to think about their vote and be able to go into that polling data, regardless if you're a barista or an executive in an office building, you should be able to have the chance to go and vote. And so that Tuesday should be a state holiday so everybody has a chance to vote. Absolutely, 100%. Give people the, as much opportunity as they can to place their vote without anything hampering them. A state holiday would be great. It should be a federal holiday, in all honesty, in my opinion. So that yeah. way we encourage more people to do it. So, Senator- I, I totally agree. I, I, one, one, one quick on that sure. also. My legislation is actually geared to be a national model on how we can make this work nationwide. That's, that's how I drafted it up. And I think every state should adopt and accept, and the federal government should uh, put in place this model. Curious, have you gotten any feedback from the Secretary of State's office? Yeah, the Secretary of State, uh, her job, Kim Wyman, who is a good person, a good friend of mine who I love dearly, her job is to implement the laws passed by the legislature. She's in the executive branch. And so um, she's not going to be for or against this. She'll simply say she will implement to the best of her ability any laws passed by the legislature. As Ed made the comment regarding the Secretary of State, mine is more along the lines of any other legislators, particularly those on the other side of the aisle. Um, Do you think there's going to be major resistance to this, and do you think this is going to get out of committee? You know, great question. That's up to the people of Washington State. Um, A lot of of big concerns coming into this next January legislative session where Democrats have said they don't want to have any public participation. They want to go remote. They want to pass big tax increases without allowing the public to come to Olympia and be able to testify. So I have a lot of concerns. So I think this is the kind of thing where the people need to weigh in on it and say, hey, you know, this would be a much better way to have election integrity. So the Democrats created the system that we currently have. And so I'm not anticipating a lot of support. Senator Doug Erickson from the 42nd Legislative District, we appreciate your time this afternoon, sir. Thank you for making it for us. And uh, good luck with the bill. It's fantastic. Hopefully it gets a hearing. Yeah, it's up to the people of Washington State to make a better Washington a reality. All right, Senator Doug Erickson, thank you again for your time. Appreciate it. That's going to pretty much do it for us here on the bottom line. Yeah. Radio 16K and a do have one quick email we can get out. Isaac from Richland said, One solution for election security is one of the various blockchain options. Supposedly many programmers and hacker types are admittedly against that. There is a local expert on the matter. It would be interesting to hear his views on it sometime. I know blockchain is... is Blockchain is popular when it for for data and and storage and things like that. There's a lot of people just anything with elections going online or going into the to the ether I have a lot of concerns because the hackers are always one step ahead. So, but we'll see. It's an interesting thought. That'll do it for this edition of The Bottom Line, News Radio 610-KONA. Coming up, ABC News, then all the day's local news, a weather forecast, and more on the Afternoon Report. Stay with us.